several of you will not have met Grandma Maisie, so I cobbled together a few pictures of her, which I am going to share now. Welcome everybody to our Zoom call, our annual Yorkshire cheer for Esther Malka Bat Avraham. I wish a long life to mum and Auntie Susan. Our grandma was born and raised in Liverpool and moved to Leeds, Leeds shortly after getting married where she lived the rest of her life. She was a fan of Shirley Bassey and Robbie Williams and Take That, Mick Hucknall, classical music, and loads more. She read the newspapers every day, and whatever she was doing, she always exuded loads of positive energy. She was also a huge fan of her six grandsons, all of whom were her favorite, just some more than others. She loved her friends, her regular card games, and she loved winning card games. And any form of Jewish gathering. Indeed, she was a great entertainer with an endless supply of amazing stories. Her main passion was her family, not only bring, bringing up her family and keeping us all together as a united force, but instilling in all of us very strong Jewish values that we all still carry with us. Her legacy speaks for itself. Her great-grandchildren are continuing in her footsteps. Already several have completed service in the army or Shirut Lumi here in Israel, and there are several more in the pipeline. And now we have the beginning of the next generation over in the UK. So thank you everybody for joining us to honor her memory by learning Torah with us on the eve of our most holy day, Yom Kippur. And I'm going to unmute Rabbi Bravender. And I'm delighted to thank Rabbi Bravender for once again joining us. And also to say Baruch Rafei Cholim with With God's help, we've returned to our Chibrusa. Uh, this Elul, as Rabbi Bravender continues to recover from what we would call in England a dodgy shoulder. So I'm going to share the source sheet, unmute myself, and Rabbi Bravender, it is over to you. Good evening. <laughs> it's actually... Uh... It's a pleasure for me to do this shiur because it's something that I feel that I need. We'll get there. Something I feel that I need. I mean, every year, Yom Kippur is, uh, creates a lot of excitement. Uh, how do you do this? And where are you going to go? And where are you going to listen to to the tefillot? And uh, which shalich tzibur is is better than the other shalir tzibur. I mean, it becomes uh, a great issue more than any other day of the year, naturally. And it's a day that offers us the best result that we could imagine. 
we are who we are, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be accepting of us. Wow, that's really something. That is really something. But every year, every year I find myself being drawn back to the Rambam. You know, the Rambam, you know, he wrote this book, actually a compilation of 14 books. And uh, uh, the Rambam in his day was the subject of controversy. Not everybody liked what the Rambam had done, which was in fact, by his own admission, the Rambam created a situation where you wouldn't have to learn Gemara. Imagine that. You wouldn't have to learn the Torah the way it was generally learned. You could take the Rambam, and you see it's a kind of a short form of a large subject. Every subject is covered by the Rambam. And if you study the Rambam, I guess uh, the idea is that you don't have to learn the Gemara. You don't have to learn the Bavli. You don't have to learn the Yerushalmi. The Rambam did away with that, in fact. And so there was a lot of opposition. You know, you may have noticed that people who try to do good th- new new things, good new things, you know, they often generate opposition. He didn't think that the Rambam would generate opposition after all. The Rambam is the Rambam, but he did. He did generate opposition. There were people who were willing, who were willing, and who actually accomplished it to burn the books of the Rambam as a sign. We're burning the books of the Rambam because enough is enough. We don't want these newfangled ideas. We don't want things that didn't pre-exist. We want to keep learning in the same way that we used to learn, the way that we were used to uh, participating. And so uh, it came to the Ramban. It came to the Ramban, who lived about 200 years after the Rambam died, but the Ramban in Spain was approached with this idea. He said, let's, let's burn the books of the Rambam. Let's do away with it. Let's put the Rambam into Cherem. Let's put the Rambam into Cherem. Can you imagine how you like, we're sitting here today, the Rambam was here with us, and we could decide to put the Rambam into Cherem. I mean, it's like, sounds crazy, but that was the idea. They came to the Ramban as the representative. He was the leading authority in his day. He was the person who knew the Torah best. And they needed him to join in this project. And Ramban refused. He said, no. So they said, well, at least let's get rid of the first of the 14 books. The first of the 14 14 books is called Sefer Abada, the book of knowing knowing about things, knowing about the world, knowing about God, knowing about philosophy. All of that is in the first book. So they said to the Ramban, let's get rid of the first book. Okay, we'll leave the rest of it. But we'll get rid of the first book. Ramban said, no, we can't do that. They said, what do you mean? You yourself, the Ramban, disagree with the Rambam and his ideas about philosophy. 
So the Ramban said, no, 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 you can't get rid of the first of the 14 books, even though it's full of philosophy that I disagree with. That's what the, that's what the Ramban said. So they said, then why? Why is it that we can't at least get rid of, put into Cherem, the first of the 14 books of, of the Ramban's work? So Rabban said, very simple. If you got rid of the first of the 14 books of the Yara Chazaka that the Rambam compiled, you get rid of Hilchot Tshuva. Hilchot Tshuva was the last part of the first book of the 14 books of the Rambam. And the Rambam said, I don't think I, the Rambam, could get along without the first, the, the last of the, the, the end of the first of the 14 books of the, of the Rambam, Hilchot Shuva. It's such a wonderful compilation. It's such an important thing that we, we have in hand. We can't give it up. And the project of putting the Rambam's books into Cherem was rejected probably because of this story that I told you by the Ramban. So we're going to look at Hilchot Shuba. Look at the beginning of Hilchot Shuba, at least. That section that the Ramban, that the, that the Ramban said, we can't really do without. But not because the Ramban was the only one who wrote Hilchot Shuba. There were others. Right, Gaonim uh, and uh, and the Meiri. I mean, they wrote books called Hilchot Tshuva, but at least according to the Ramban, nobody did it as clearly and effortlessly and profoundly as the as the Rambam, as the Rambam. So you remember the way the Rambam does it. The way the Raman does, you look at the sheet now. And now I want to remember, uh, just mention that this shear is given to Louis Nishmat in order to help the soul of Esther Malka Bat Avraham Aleha Ashalom. In order to give her, as uh, Hasidim say, give her an aliyah. Give her an aliyah. Look, everybody could use a little bit push in, in the, the Olam Haba in the next world where they find themselves, but they're always looking to get a little bit higher and a little bit higher. And that's why we give these sheyurim in Torah. So the Rambam, in his sort of introduction to each topic, tells us what halacha is going to talk about. And he said, Hilchot if you look at the, at the shea, I don't think I have a pointer. Maybe I do. Have to be off. Uh, all right. Anyway, I I, I must have a, a pointer up here. I'm not used to using Zoom. But in any event, Hilchotuva, that's the name of this section. And the Ramam says, summarizes what he's going to talk about. He says, Mitzvat Asay Achat. There's one positive commandment that I'm going to talk about. What do you think that positive commandment is? 
Now, those of you who know Hebrew will understand exactly what the problem is. He should be involved in tshuva. The sinner. Right, that somehow he should do tshuva. I would say that's a good translation. And then v'yitvade. V'yitvade means to confess. What does confession have to do with anything? I mean, it doesn't sound Jewish. What is v'yitvade? Why does the Rambam want me to want me to confess? So you could say, well, I mean, the Torah wants me to confess. It's written that somehow. Yes, that's true. That the Torah wants me to confess, but I could still ask you, why does the Torah want me to confess? And why does the Rambam include it? Including that original statement. Explaining this mitzvah, v'ikarim. And the principles are nigrarim that are schlepped along. Schlepped is a word. Ima, with it, is tshuva. And there are things that connect to tshuva. Biglala, biprakim elu, because of the tshuva. And I'm going to explain all of this in the following chapters. And there are 10 chapters in Ilchot tshuva, but we're going to only look at chapter number one. So I already told you that there is a kind of a question. And that question has to do with the Yitvadeh. Why does the Torah want us to why does the Torah want us to confess? What's the big deal? Why isn't it good enough to to just to do tshuva? Tshuva doesn't mean confess. I don't have to say and we know that this idea of confession on Yom Kippurim is, is very intense and very much part of the day because again and again, again and again, we confess. We confess either the short confession, Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, I could sing it. Ashamnu, Bagadnu, alphabetical, right? Ashamnu, Aleph, Bagadnu, Bed, they're all, it's like everything. I confess to everything. That certainly kind of makes confession into a uh, a strange kind of mitzvah. Rabbam says, there's one positive commandment. He has to confess. So we confess. But we don't confess to what we did. We confess to everything in the world. We say that again and again and again. What's the point? What's the point? If that's confession, then it doesn't seem to be very, very problematic. So this is the introduction. From the introduction, we have that question immediately. Why vidui? Why vidui? Then we start the first halacha in the first section, Perak Aleph. The Rambam says, 
Kol mitzvot shebatorah ben esay ben lotasay. We're talking about mitzvot in the Torah, things that God has commanded us to do. Ben esay ben lotasay, whether positive commandment or negative commandment. If a person denied or stumbled across one of them, ben bizadon ben bishkaga, whether he did it on purpose or he did it by accident, she has said shuva. So I think, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I think, but I mean, I don't mean to say that I'm the first one who thought it. I mean, Milchas Chinuch thought it. Great, great scholars thought it, but it seems to me that it's correct. What are the words, Kisheya said, Shuva? What are the words? You see the words of the second line, Shiasetruva. Shiasetruva means when he does truva. When he does truva, it doesn't say he is commanded to do truva. It just says, Kishayasetruva, Vyashuv Micheto, as though this is the most normal thing you could imagine. Absolutely normal for a person to do truva. Because, look, let's say a person is connected to the Torah and you want to do the mitzvot. You want to live that way. It's not like, you know, so and then you realize that you did something wrong. You realize you did something wrong. So, of course you want to do tshuva. Of course you want to do tshuva. But then the Rambam said, because he's going to do tshuva. You don't need to be commanded to do tshuva. That's what the Rambam is saying. Yeshuv michedo chayav lehitvadot levnei hakel baruchu. Chayav lehitvadot. And then he quotes a pasuk, shinemar ish o isha ki asu v'gomer v'itvadu et chatatam asher asu zevidu itvarim. So the Rambam says there's a pasuk in the Torah. A pasuk in the Torah which you could check out if you have a chance. The pasuk in the Torah, and the pasuk says, "Confess, et vadu et chatatam." You have to confess. It doesn't say you have to do tshuva. It says when you do tshuva, you have to do vidui. What do you mean when you do tshuva? When you do tshuva, because that's what everybody's obviously going to do. Et vadu et chatatam asher asus vidui dvarim, and then the Rambam. Bangs at home in case you didn't understand. Vidui ze mitzvat asay. Vidui is a positive command. He doesn't say that about. He doesn't say that about tshuva. He doesn't say tshuva is a mitzvat asay. He only says that vidui is a mitzvat asay. And then the rest of this. He talks about what vidu is, how vidu is, but we want to skip. We want to skip to uh, the line that begins with ze. Ze, I don't know. I don't know if you can see me doing this. Ze, ze. Kol hamarbelit vadot umarich binyan ze. He said mishubach. Look, the Rambam doesn't say harayza mishubach. Many things. Hareza Mishubach, you know, the Rambam says that if you're telling the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, 
on the night of Pesach, you should just keep at it. Tell the story again. And don't don't limit yourself to the to the Haggadah that you happen to have in America it was sent to you by Manashevitz uh, soup or something. But you have to tell the story. And the more you tell, the more it is called Mishubach. So here he says, call Hamar Vadot. Not only is Chuva ignored and Vidui part of the, the the main part of the day. But the more you are mitvadeu marich binyanzeh harezeh bishubah. How do we do it? Al chet shechatano lefanecha beones umiratzon. I don't know ones, I don't know rats. I don't know what they're talking about. What's it got to do with me? What's it got to do with me? That's vidui. Vidui is confession. I confess to everything in sight. Why do I confess to everything in sight? Why do I confess to everything in sight? The Rambam then goes on. The Rambam then goes on and says, you look at the Halacha Bet. Andrew, Halacha Bet, thank you. Sa'ir mishtaleach. Sa'ir mishtaleach, we don't have time for it, but you know that the sa'ir mishtaleach, that, that it, uh, animal that was sent out to the desert, on Yom HaKippurim, with the transgressions of Am Yisrael attached to them, that was the way it was done when there was a Beit HaMikdash, that's Seir Meshtalech, and the Rambam says, Mechaper al kol averot shebatorak alot vachamurot. Wow, the, the Seir Meshtalech is really terrific because, because I think what the Seir Meshtalech is, we don't always know what we did wrong. Or worse than that, we think we did something that was, we did something that was wrong, but we thought it was right. Yeah, but people say, I had to do it. I had to do it. It was something so important. But it's so important that I, I mean, I was definitely right in doing it. So the people who think, the people who think that they didn't do anything wrong, even though they admit they did it, and people who think that, well, they, they would have done better, but they didn't think it was such a bad thing to do. He says, that's a Sa'ir Mishtalech. Takes care of that. Takes care of things that you're not willing to confess to. So we have these two ideas. One idea is you confess to everything because I don't know really who I am. I don't know what I did. I didn't know what I have to confess to. Sa'ir Mishtalech is the same idea, but from the other end. I get rid of all of my avonot through the Sa'ir Mishtalech. We look at now in Halacha Gimel. Okay, so so halacha bet, halacha bet, was that tshuva, vidui, sa'ir mishtalech. They're all part of the same setup. They all go together. They all go together. So that means that you need the beta mikdash. 
you need the Beit HaMikdash in order to do tshuva. I mean, you do tshuva, you do what you can do, but look, you know you're going to miss out on a few things. But you know that you're not going to kind of admit that you are that way, that you thought about that, that you spoke Lush and Hora then. Other as they say, you're going to say, you say you did the right thing. It was important that everybody should know. It was important that the that the 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 spirit of things should be known to the world. So you need the Beit Hamikdash, and you need the Sayer Mishdalech. So the Rambam goes on and says, "Bismana zeh, shein Beit Hamikdash kayam, vein lano mizbeach kapara, ein sham elatshuva." The only thing you have. Today, Bismana Zeh. Right, Shein Beit HaMikdash Kayam. You haven't got a Beit HaMikdash. You haven't got a Beit HaMikdash, so you can't give a Korban Ola every day, the Korban Tamid. You can't give the Korban Tamid. So what do we do? We don't give it. We don't give it, but but uh, but the Korban Tamid doesn't seem to be absolutely necessary for my existence. But if Tshuva means... If Shuba means I can't really do it. I'm too convinced about myself that I'm a great person. I'm too convinced about myself that I don't do anybody else harm. I'm not willing to reconsider who I am because I- I'm perfect, aren't I? So I'm losing out because the Beit HaMikdash takes care of all those things that I'm not willing to take care on my own. I'm not willing. I'm not ready. I'm not able, the Rambam says, to be, right, to be brutally honest with myself, which is what Yom Kippurim is about. Yes, you have to fast. Yes, in order to wear shoes. But that's not what it's about. What it's about, what Yom Kippurim is about, is what most people, is the road less traveled. For sure. So you can't do that. Can't do that. Why is there tshuva? This tshuva is my natural reaction. I'm willing to admit I'm willing to admit that I'm not perfect. That's like, you know, you could even be imperfect and friendly. So I could do tshuva. I could do tshuva. So the rabbin has this idea that doing tshuva kind of expands your relationship to yourself. That's what tshuva is. Who are you? Who are you? The Rambam says, and Rav Nachman of Bratzler, you have to remember, Rav Nachman of Bratzler said, said this, that tshuva, I mean, the word tshuva has, implies motion. Lashuv, lachzor, lavor, im ha-kodesh bochum, im ha-kodesh bochum, tshuva is a, uh, that which changes you, you somehow remind yourself that taking a stand against the Torah, even on a small matter, even something that 
doesn't really affect the great picture in the world. Even that, you that little little thing, Rav Nachman says, changes your relationship to Hakadosh Baruch. So the me said, you know, let's say somebody thought, uh, you, you know, we shouldn't talk Russian horror. We'll talk about, I'll use that as an example. So I talk Lashonar. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I talk Lashonar. So Rav Nachman said, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. In order to do tshuva, you have to recognize the enormity of the transgression. Every transgression has an enormity to it because they all represent the will of a Kodesh Baruch. So if you're denying the will of a Kodesh Baruch, even though you did tshuva, even though you did tshuva, you did it. But you're, you're kind of unhappy. You're unhappy with the will of a Kodesh Baruch. You gotta get closer and closer. So you get closer to a Kodesh Baruch. Suddenly that transgression, that transgression is like bigger than you thought it was. Because that's what God wants. My goodness. So the tshuva produces a new relationship to HaKadosh Baruch And that new relationship, that new relationship to HaKadosh Baruch is uh, what we call tshuva. It's not just compensation for something, but it's a new reality. It's a new reality. And if you do tshuva, all of a sudden you realize that the transgression that you were talking about, that transgression is a lot bigger than you thought it was. It's a lot worse than you thought it was. You saw it off, you thought, oh, you know, you spoke Lashon Hara. But by the time you finish doing tshuva, you're, you're shaking because you didn't realize how terrible that was. It, effect, it affected your relationship to HaKadosh Baruch So the Rambam says, we have to put all of it into Tshuva. The Chachomim said, we'll, we'll, we, we won't just do Vidui. We won't just do Vidui for what we are Chayav. But we'll do Vidui for everything. Because every single transgression, even if we didn't do it, we might have had a thought in our minds, that's not so terrible. That's not so, well, you know, okay. He did it. That's also transgression. And then Rav Nachman said, Rav Nachman says, because Tshuva brings you closer to HaKadosh Baruch the Avera, the transgression, suddenly seems much more powerful and important. And so you have to do tshuva again. And Rav Nachman called that tshuva la tshuva. Which could mean you have to do tshuva, what you thought about earlier. It wasn't good. So I wish you all I hope that it's something that is meaningful to us, to all of us. And 
Like it's like a, a bracha that we have that we can immediately build a sukkah, be kind of live a certain kind of life, like make a statement that everybody can understand that we are we are the people of the Sukkot. We are the people of the Sukkot. All the best. Thank you, Rob Romana, for coming along. What's that? I said, thank you very much for coming along and giving the shio. Well done, Andrew. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody.